Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 37 of Intuitive Bites Podcast. For the show today, I'm chatting with Meredith Noble from Made on a Generous Plan on Instagram. You may know her from there. And we're talking about fat phobia and how fat phobia is a social justice issue, how it's impacting people, how it's showing up in our culture, how it's, you know, how it's really causing harm for people. Um, and we also talk about just some other questions that have I've been asked a lot on social media that I wanted to get Meredith's opinion on, um, including, you know, how there's different categories. Um, sometimes we see different categories of um, different levels of people in fat bodies in terms of like where they are in this weight spectrum. And I've heard people on Instagram again saying, you know, why are we labeling people and like placing more, put the, putting them in more boxes or whatever. Um, so you're going to get that answer in this episode for sure. Um, and also we have a good conversation or I really, I ask Meredith about her thoughts on how people in smaller bodies can really show up and support people in larger bodies. Um, so that was an interesting conversation as well. So I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode. Um, I, you know, I think it's a natural progression from our conversations around intuitive eating and health at every size to be having these conversations about fat phobia, um, and how fat oppression is showing up in our culture. So, um, yeah, this will be a good one. Um, like I said, you can find Meredith on Made on a Generous Plan on Instagram, and I'm also going to link some other places you can find her in the show notes. Um, I also want to mention before I jump forward to the episode um, that I have a six-week virtual intuitive eating support group coming up. So it starts June 5th, again, runs for six weeks. Um, you'll get a weekly call for one hour on Wednesday nights um, as a group. And we're going to talk about different concepts of intuitive eating and just really tools for your food freedom journey. And then this group also includes access to a private Facebook group where you can be connecting with other people that are going through the same thing. Um, so like I said, it starts June 5th. If you want to sign up for it, you can go to my Instagram and click on the link in my bio and you'll get a link through there to sign up and register. So um, definitely check that out. I also wanted to let you guys know that I do have some of my Diet Culture is a Liar stickers in stock still. So if you're interested in one of those stickers, they're only five bucks and you can just, again, go to my the link in my Instagram bio um, and easily register or <laughs> you can easily purchase it from there. Um, yeah. So just wanted to let you guys know that, but let's go ahead and listen to this awesome conversation with Meredith Noble. All right, Meredith, we are good to go. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on today. I told you off the air that I've been following you for a super long time, and I'm just really excited to get your feedback on, on this topic we have today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Um, and actually, uh, I guess I'll share that your name on, on Instagram is Made on a Generous Plan. 
because people may recognize that. And I feel like I heard on some podcast somewhere you explaining what that meant, but I forget. So maybe, maybe you can tell people now that I brought that up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so it's actually from like a 19th century etiquette book of all places. Okay. So, um, it was from this book and it's, it was this prose where they said in, they said, if you've been made on a generous plan, you have qualities that littleness can never possess. Who with any authority has said that slender persons are of the best type? Only carry yourself well, be reposeful and stately, with a brain that sits supremely on the throne of your being, and you may come into your kingdom of power and love. And I read this in a book on fat art, and I was just like, what? <laughs> oh my God. Wait, so wait, you said that that was in an etiquette book, or what did you say? Yeah. So it originally came from this uh, etiquette book, which I now own a copy of, called Beauty of form and grace of vesture so like you know one of those like old etiquette books where it's like yes put this spoon here and make sure you do you doff your hat when you see people that kind of thing okay um, but then it was reprinted in this amazing book of fat art called zaftig and that was where i discovered it and i i was just so blown away by like this this concept of like you know you have qualities that littleness can never possess. And I took that to me like, yeah, if you're fat, like there are, like you are unique and special and wonderful and don't let society tell you otherwise. So I just thought it was really powerful. There's, I was just, just about to say like that. There's just like so much power in that. Like, I feel like I'm literally like tearing up a bit just because it's so, it's honestly so beautiful the way that that's raised. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Oh, so wow. That's such a cool thing to bring into like, you know, your, your brand or your Instagram now. I don't know. I just think that's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I'd love to talk to you about this post that you had recently posted. I'm going to read it too. I took a screen capture of it. Um, basically about this, you know, the concept that fat phobia is a social justice issue. Um, here we go. So it says, it's time for the world to see fat phobia for what it is, a social justice issue. The hatred and mistreatment of millions of fat people causes immense emotional, social, financial, and physical harm. Um, so you talked about like in the caption a bit about how, um, you know, fat phobia maybe is, I mean, yeah, it's less recognized in terms of, um, as something that's in, ter in terms of a type of oppression. So I'm curious, like, you know, if, if, I don't know why it's less recognized, um, but also like just giving examples of like, what does this look like? Cause yeah. people might be listening might be like, what is that? Like, I feel like I'm not fat phobic, you know, whatever. So I, I would just like you absolutely. to learn a little bit about like what this, this really looks like. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I just want to say like, you know, I have been a small fat person for years and I, I had like, I hadn't ever really seen it this, this way until someone kind of showed it to me as well. So like, if you're out there and you're like, I've never seen this, like, it's not necessarily something you need to feel guilty about. It's just like, oh, now there's, you know, something else I can educate myself on. Um, so yeah. And what happens is like, because this concept of fearing and hating fat is so embedded in our culture that even people who like consider themselves like socially conscious or like aware of social justice issues often overlook um, fat phobia and, and fat oppression, like more specifically. Um, and it, there's so many ways this happens. So what people may not realize is that weight discrimination is legal in 49 of 50 states in the U.S. Mm -hmm. 
So Michigan is the only state that says you can't discriminate based on someone's size. So what can happen, and I've heard this from my clients even saying like, yeah, I got, I got fired because I was fat. And they told me like, yeah, you're, you're too fat to hold this position. And people have no recompense. Like there's literally nothing they can do unless they live in Michigan or unless they live in a handful of cities that, that have recognized this as a type of discrimination, like San Francisco, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, a few others, DC, I think. Um, so, uh, like this, this significantly impacts people. It's known that, um, that fat women get paid 14.6% less than their counterparts and that fat people get fewer promotions. So that's the financial side of it, right? So people, um, uh, can't get access to the best jobs or they might, you know, not be able to move up in their chosen profession, things like that. Um, but there's also, um, accessibility. Like I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about the fact that, um, fat people often can't sit in, sit in, uh, chairs at restaurants in theaters. The number of times I see friends of mine, like they might be interested in a show that's coming up at a theater. Like I just saw someone was excited about Hannah Gadsby's comedy show. And then they realized that the theater that it was showing in their city had like extremely tiny seats. Wow. You know, like it's just these, it's just so it's like, it's really hard to to notice it unless you personally experience it. But kind of once your eyes are opened up to it, then it's like, Oh my God, I kind of can't unsee this now that I know. Yeah. And I, um, recently, I don't know, I posted something, um, about, and I, there's a whole bunch of people ended up responding about like transportation too. And like things like traveling and people that love like flying places and like that being really uncomfortable and just a really traumatic experience. Yeah. There's a whole Facebook group called Mm -hmm. flying while fat. And this is because fat people need to strategize because like we need to share stories with each other and figure out which airlines are the best. I just saw a big thread the other day about like, um, fat people who get periods trying to strategize. How do I deal if I happen to get my period on the day of my flight and I like can't necessarily fit in the airplane restroom how do I deal with like you know how do I prepare to maybe like be stuck in my seat for hours on end how do I you know um yeah a huge huge accessibility issue yeah you Um, know I also I, I heard somewhere recently I'm not sure I can't I haven't validated the accuracy but someone said something about like southwest will um, you know, you can purchase two seats and then, um, they'll reimburse you for one. Have you heard of that? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Southwest is considered to be, uh, in the forefront in terms of providing accessibility to fat people. I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it is that you can either purchase two seats in advance, or you can also show up on the day of and ask, um, to get two seats and, um, so that way, if you, if you don't look like, again, the financial aspect, not everyone has the ability to afford to pay for two seats. So they try to accommodate the other path as well, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, most airlines are like, there are so many stories of people being kicked off, um, because, um, because of their size and, yeah. or, or just even if it's not, not getting access the dirty looks, the, um, there was a story that blew up a little while ago about this woman being incredibly fat phobic to the people sitting on either side of her and talking about how she eats salads and like, just, 
just like a really horrible stuff. So even if it's not like lack of access, it's still like denigration during access, if that makes sense. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a couple questions about like terms that you've used that I want to ask about. So I recently, I just yesterday posted something. Um, and anyway, people were asking about like different classifications of like, you know, fat bodies. And you, you would use the term like small fat. And I know there are other terms as well. And someone kind of responded to me like, you know, why is this helpful? Like further putting people into boxes. And I'm just curious, like what, what your stance on that or what, like what your thoughts are, I guess, on that. Yeah, that's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, Because I've especially been in like eating disorder contexts where people are like, why are we labeling bodies? And this is an interesting collision of like, healing and treatment spaces with social justice Mm. so like in social justice spaces around fatness we identify sort of gradations of fatness because the oppression you face is immensely different depending on whether you are someone at the small end of the fat spectrum like myself Mm. or someone who identifies like a common term that people used to identify as super fat Mm-hmm. Or recently, um, the term infinifat was coined by Ash of the Fat Lip podcast um, as like people like the <clears throat> people uh, at the highest end of the fat spectrum are denied surgery, are um, are like have even more uh, accessibility issues than like sometimes. I can't sit in the seat because my hips hurt too much because like, you know, the, the, the chair, um, is, is too tight on me. Someone who isn't, who is super fat wouldn't be able to sit in that chair at all, or might be afraid that the chair would collapse underneath Mm -hmm. of them. So, um, and and again, in employment settings, like someone is going to react very differently to me in an employment setting than to someone who, um, who is super fat. So we use these gradations so that within the fat community and within society at large, we can acknowledge the, um, the relative privileges while still acknowledging that everyone is facing some discrimination and oppression. You know, like I, there's only one store in the mall where I can get clothes, you know, but someone who is super fat, like, it's like barely anyone makes clothes or they might need to get them everything entirely custom made. So that's a really different experience. And we just want to acknowledge that. Yeah, that's so helpful. And this is reminding me so much of a recent, uh, what's the word? <laughs> um, um, I don't know. There was like some, basically a confrontation or an issue within like kind of almost, I think it was mostly like the dietitian space, but anyway, someone had posted something about like they don't have thin privilege Um, And I think it it comes down to exactly what you're talking about in terms of this is not about labeling bodies and or whatever. It's about acknowledging the privileges. Yeah. Acknowledging the benefits that come from certain bodies. It doesn't mean you're happy or everything's perfect or anything like that, but it just means that within the system of oppression, you have certain advantages or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think people often conflate like the idea that they might have privilege in one area of their life makes them feel that they're, that their um, that their suffering is invalid in some way, and it's not that. Like your suffering is so incredibly valid, no matter what size you are, whatever, whatever color, what you know, level of ability you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have to acknowledge that just by being a certain way in this world, whether that's thin or white or heterosexual or you know able-bodied 
that you have unearned privileges compared to someone else. It's really, that's really all it is. It's not to take away from your own suffering and harm that you've experienced. Yeah, that's a super helpful point. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, another thing I was going to ask you about that was a term that you used in the caption, which I've heard before, and I just would like to get your thoughts. And that is um, this concept of like a good fatty. Yes, I love this. Okay, so I'm actually, so I'm in the process of launching my own podcast very, very slowly. Yeah. And and I got to interview Stacey Bias, who is a longtime fat activist. And she is the one, I honestly don't know if she like coined these terms, but she um, made this wonderful comic. She's an illustrator and she made this wonderful comic talking about good fatties and bad fatties. And the idea behind this is that when we are experiencing oppression in some way, we often like use these techniques to earn ourselves a little extra privilege. So a common one for fat people is to say, because the argument that comes up against fatness a lot of the time is like, oh, you're making yourself unhealthy, you're gonna die early, that kind of thing. Yeah. So fat people will often respond by saying, I'm fat, but I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's a like a very understandable attempt to try to earn more credibility, right? Already knowing you're like starting from like not having respect in someone's eyes and trying to claw up and be like, but I'm I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to emphasize how understandable this is. The problem is that not every fat person is healthy, yeah, and we don't want to pin fat people's worthiness on them having these other qualities. Um, The examples that like Stacey has 12 of them, but like, so one of them is health healthiness. One of them is being an athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is like being a mama hen and like, you know, I'm kind of have these motherly qualities. Mm -hmm. And so my fatness is more okay to the world, things like that. So we just want to be conscious. Like, I don't blame anyone for trying to earn that in the moment. And like, especially like people, Like if a super fat person wants to claim that they're healthy, like in a moment of like, you know, strife with someone else, like (laughs) I don't blame them at all for doing that. (laughs) Yeah. But like, you know, those of us, especially with more privilege, like we can, we can be, we need to be conscious of the fact that we might be throwing other fat people under the bus when we try to raise ourselves up over other fat people. That's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And it's almost like, I mean, I'm thinking of like the word, like it's, it's like justifying, but it's like, you don't need, I mean, again, I hear what you're saying. Like, obviously it makes sense why people do this, but like, you know, making it seem as though you need to justify your fatness like that, that's problematic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The moment we do that, like we shouldn't have to in the first place. We, we want to, because all this stuff is being hurled at us all the time, all these judgments and Mm -hmm. um, being written off by other people. Um, But at the end of the day, everyone, everyone is worthy of respect and love and connection and belonging just by Mm -hmm. virtue of being a, a human in this world. You don't need to earn it any other way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So I'm curious, I mean, I think that there's probably a million things that could be said, but, um, you know, what are some of the common barriers you've seen? Or or like, why do you think that, like, you know, fat phobia is not being recognized as a social justice issue? Like, what are the barriers that are going on here? 
Yeah, that is such a good question. So fat phobia runs super, super deep. Um, and I think most people don't even recognize the role that diet culture and fat phobia plays in our culture. Again, it's kind of one of those things that you don't like, we're kind of cued in to like notice certain types of racism, at least like kind of overt racism, if not systemic racism, but we can look at something and like, if someone's like mistreating someone else and they're like, you know, treating them badly because we think because of their color or their race, we can identify that. But it's so normal. Like, like, almost any movie or any TV show you can conceive of has a fat joke in it or, or if not a fat joke, then at least like a denigration of a fat person or a fat person not shown in their full humanity. It's just so embedded in the culture. Um, and its roots are in racism. And we know, you know, more and more literature has been coming out about this. Like it all started based on a fear of, of fat black bodies, at least here in the Americas. And we've kind of exported it to the world. Um, but it's also wrapped up in like a lot of um, woke people, quote unquote, um, are, are really into wellness culture, right? So there's like that whole thing of like people don't recognize wellness culture as being yeah. fat phobic. They're like, well, I'm just taking care of my body, but actually, um, you know, they're actually trying to make their body smaller. So um, yeah, it all comes back to the ubiquity of of diet culture and um, and it not being talked about and fat people being afraid to talk about it or, you know, lest more, you know, stuff be unleashed on them or, um, or just getting tired of like fat people are trying to get their voices heard. Um, but it's, it's so hard when, um, when it's usually thin people who get the microphone because yeah. of phobia. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, like, I mean, I've, yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on like, how, what do you think the answer is to, I mean, this, again, I think this is kind of an obvious question, but I still want to talk about it. Like, what do you think the answer is to getting like um, more fat voices heard and things like that? And how can people help? Yeah. So um, I think, Reflecting on who you surround yourself with, both personally and professionally, I think is a really good start, mm -hmm. right? So I, I feel like if most dietitians, for instance, yes. looked around themselves, they would see a lot of very thin white women mm -hmm. um, of a certain age. And, you know, and I, I think it's just an important question to ask, like, who isn't here? Yeah. <laughs> Whose voice is missing? Um, and I'm consistently, um, amazed by like, even in my own mind, I'm like, okay, well, who do I know that is a resource on, you know, X, Y, Z, that is a person of color or is fat and or is fat or, you know, or is queer. And, and sometimes just like, and I usually like my list is much shorter than I would like, but if you put it out to the community, I saw someone ask the other day, like, who are, um, uh, people of color who are artists that we should boost. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the community came in and was like, this person, this person, this person. Um, so that can be a really good way um, to find other people just doing various things in the world. Even in your friend group, like notice, like, do you have any fat friends? If not, like, what do you think that's about? Is that because you're spending time in places where fat people aren't welcome? 
And that's where you're making your friends. Um, are there, you know, other ways to reach out and like, you know, build diversity into who you're connecting with on a daily basis? Um, what else? Um, asking yourself, like, if you get an opportunity, this is again, more in the professional sphere, but like, but asking yourself, if you get an opportunity, mm-hmm. someone else whose voice you could boost, you know, I'm not saying like you, you get to decide whether or not you want to take the opportunity, but like someone, for instance, once did it with me, someone got asked to be part of a, um, an article that was being written and they were like, yeah, I'm happy to help, but Hey, do you know about these other people too? I bet they'd love to talk. And so like kind of doing that. Yes. And here's another person that you might not have realized was out there who would be amazing for this. That kind of helpful yeah yeah that's that's awesome that's really that's really helpful I'm thinking about how you know it's like if you take the path of least resistance in our culture and you don't go out of your way to try and help or like go out of your way and like you know like you said like recommend other people or you know look around yourself and and like see who's who's there and who's not there like if you don't go out of your way like you're going to you're going to cause harm. I don't even know how to phrase it exactly, but I'm just thinking about like, you really have to kind of, we have to, if we want to be helpful, we need to go out of our way and do things that most people aren't doing. Yeah, exactly. The status quo is this, this system that is oppressing people. So then like we can't, we, we need to change. We need to go and above beyond the status quo. And that is true for fatness, but also very much race, obviously, and also yeah. queerness and ability and all these things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, awesome. So I want to ask you one last thing, which is, you know, if people are listening to this conversation, I'm assuming some people are going to, you know, have, they're going to be blown away and they're going to want to learn more and all of that. So Um, you know, once people are real kind of come to terms with the fact that, okay, fat phobia is super prevalent and it's harmful, you know, what, what can they do and like, where can they start? Cause I know it's an overwhelming thing sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I should have made a list in advance cause like there's so many and I'm going to forget. Um, so, okay. I think that, so listening to fat voices is an amazing place to start. So like there are a slew if you're already a podcast listener, which I'm assuming because you're listening to this, there are a slew of uh, amazing fat positive podcasts out there. Um, like the one I referenced earlier, Ash, the fat lip was her name of her podcast. She's a super fat. Well, she calls herself infinite fat woman. Um, and her podcast is wonderful. She has, um, she talks about her own opinions on there. She also brings the fat community on to talk. Um, so that can be a really wonderful place to learn. Um, there is she's all fat is a really wonderful podcast as well. Um, there's, there's so many more. I actually have a list of podcasts on, uh, like under my resources section on my website that people can go to that might be easier than listing them all out. Um, yeah. And and following people on Instagram, um, you know, I can provide a list of, of people that are a, a great resource on there. So, like, filling your feed with fat bodies mm-hmm. to work on your own internalized fat phobia. Um, working on internalized fat phobia in, generally, in general um, and your own fat phobia. But one way to do that is like fill your body, your feed with as many fat people as possible and like revel in their, their gloriousness Mm -hmm. and, and their unique beauty. Um, Mm -hmm. Retrain your brain. All of us need to retrain our brains because the media has, um, yeah, just taught us that like this very narrow um, slice of humanity is the norm and that's not true. 
yeah, so helpful, really, really helpful. And some of these things are, you know, easy things to just follow a few more people and it's going to be really impactful. So that's helpful. Yeah. And I'll, um, I'll ask you to maybe send me a few of those so I can link them so people can easily find. Um, can you please share all the places people can find you and maybe like some of the resources you have right now? Yeah. Um, so my website is generousplan.com. Um, it is filled with goodies. So like lots of articles, but also like I put a lot of effort into like creating resources. Like I have, um, a body positive artist page. I have a page of like, if you need ideas of fat people to follow on Instagram, I have a body positive Instagram accounts list, podcast lists, all these things. So, um, it's a really wonderful resource. I'm very active on Instagram. So I'm made on a generous plan, all one word there. Um, I am also on Facebook, so you can look me up there. I think I'm just facebook.com slash generous plan. I'm ostensibly on Twitter, but it's mostly just reposting my Instagram stuff. If you prefer to get it in that format, you can. I'm just generous plan on there. Awesome. Um, that's so cool. And I like, I absolutely love your images on Instagram. Like they're just so beautiful. Whatever you're doing is, is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was a designer in a past life. So oh, I, I, okay. I, like, well that explains that it. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Okay. So I'm excited to share those with everyone. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. There's so much packed in here. I'm really excited we got to chat. Yeah, I thank you so much for for being curious about this topic and wanting to share it with your followers. It's, I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, guys, that is it for episode thirty-seven. Definitely go check out Meredith on her Instagram, Made on a Generous Plan, and I'm also going to link below with the other places she mentioned you can find her and all of the resources she's got to offer. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you're interested in that six-week virtual intuitive eating support group, um, that's a mouthful, um, reach out to me, ask me questions if you've got them, or go to my Instagram, click the link in my bio, and you can easily register that way. Um, and if you want those diet cultures, a liar stickers, they're five bucks. You can also find them via the link in my bio, um, so check that out. Also, totally forgot to mention, um, but if you've made it this far in the <laughs> in the episode, I just released my Food Freedom 101 online course, and it is packed with information about not just intuitive eating, but also like weight science, why diets don't work, um, you know, the physiological body response to that. Um, also, things like health at every size and diet culture are covered. And creating your own like non-diet bubble and kind of creating or finding support really on this journey. So definitely, definitely check that course out if you're interested in any of that. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go and I will talk to you really soon. Bye.